Welcome to this week's edition of Flashback Friday, your opportunity to get some good review by listening to episodes from the past that Jason has handpicked to help you today in the present and propel you into the future. Enjoy. Today's Flashback Friday comes from episode 938, originally published in January 2018. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome listeners from around the world. This is your host, Jason Hartman, and I've got a special surprise for you today. You know, we always try to tread new ground occasionally, and we are doing that in this episode number 938, episode 938. So thank you for joining me today. And uh, you know, we have Meet the Masters coming up on Saturday. It's just a few days away, literally. And I have to tell you something about myself that you may not know. It is something I am not allowed to share on the air with you at risk of a lawsuit. What is this that you don't know about me? Well, you may not know that I have incredibly good taste in music. (laughs) I'm a big fan of music. I absolutely love music. We have hired a tribute band to play Journey for us at Meet the Masters. And I have got the director and the bass player here with me. He is a classically trained, truly professional musician. I'd like you to meet Giorgio. Giorgio, welcome. How are you? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, It's an honor to be here uh, tonight. And uh, We are so looking forward to the show and providing an amazing experience for everyone. Well, we are looking forward to it, too. You know, this is the first time we've ever done a musical performance at uh, any of our events uh, or, you know, including Meet the Masters. We, We do several different types of events every year. We're super excited. And, you know, when I was looking for musicians, I thought, who doesn't love Journey. In fact, I'll tell you a kind of a funny story. I had a little spot in my life several years ago where I lived right next to ASU and I kind of felt like I was going to college. It was really fun uh, for a little a little few years of my life there. I remember I was hosting a big giant party one night and I had, I don't know, probably 200 people in my swanky penthouse right by ASU. And uh, accidentally, I fiddled with the stereo system and a Journey song was playing and I accidentally turned it off. And that was a huge like it just ruined the mood. And one of my friends, Darren, yelled out the funniest line ever. He said, 
nobody ever turns off journey <laughs> i thought that was funny <laughs> i thought that was a great line what inspired you guys giorgio to do tributes to journey i mean such a great band i, I remember seeing journey as i mentioned to you in the rose bowl years ago with ninety thousand people just amazing i've seen them a couple times in concert wow. why journey you know that's a great question well interesting enough just a little background about me which kind of brings us to where we're at now. I have a jazz background, and I've played a lot of jazz, a lot of fusion jazz. I actually even played with uh, the great Frank Cambali, who's probably the foremost fusion jazz guitarist in the world today. And so what I love playing, along with classical and jazz and conventional contemporary music, is I love progressive music. I love music that has great heart and emotion and drive. And that's why I love Journey so much. And so what inspired me is years ago, I too saw Journey. And the second I heard them, I just fell in love with them. I go, these guys are amazing. The music is amazing. They're so prolific. And they bring you to a better place. I, I think I'm into a lot of music, but, you know, compared to some of the other, like, either British progressive rock groups or American progressive rock groups, to me, there's something about Journey that sets everyone apart. Yeah, it it really does. So I just literally got into them and learned their material really well. And then a few years ago, I said to myself, you know what? I want to audition for a Journey tribute band. Uh And so I auditioned with my current group, who auditioned literally about 15 players, and I got the gig. Probably because I knew the material better than probably most of the other ones, that the additional people that, that came. So that's kind of how that all came about. And the beautiful thing is we don't just play the music. It's not like playing like if you're in a top 40 band or something like that. We're all accomplished players. We all have graduated from conservatories. And we take it very seriously, but we have so much fun in the, in the process. And so I think what we do is our goal has always been to... If you close your eyes, can you hear the difference between the two? Mm, and yeah. a lot of people have said, kind of hard to tell the difference. <laughs> so, that, yeah. so that's an honor. Right, right. If we're getting people to that point, then we're doing our job. Yeah, you definitely are. Well, I, you know, I have to tell you, I think that jazz musicians are likely, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong about this, I'm not an expert, I'm just a consumer, but I think jazz musicians are probably the most technically talented musicians out there from a technical perspective, for sure. I mean, you know, of course, everybody has their own taste in music. Music's a very personal thing, obviously, but jazz is, a, you know, it's a, it's a technical, type of music would would that be a proper characterization absolutely you know it has so many nuances and and different avenues and the chord structures and in a lot of they're complex in in most jazz it's very complex and you know it's not just like playing a a one four five progression as you would call in music where you're going to a one chord to a four chord to to a five chord or whatever the case may be or another progression is one three six two five with jazz you can go from one, you know, from a 6-8 rhythm to a 3-4 a rhythm. It changes instantly. And so that is quite complex. Yeah. And to, to master that, it takes a while. Yeah, right, right. So 
that's a wonderful compliment. Thank you. And that's the beauty of it is to, is to always be challenged and, and be inspired at the same time. The interesting thing about tribute bands, I mean, of course, there's a lot of hacks out there that aren't professionally trained like you guys are. And, you know, I can't wait to see you guys live Saturday night. And you've done some big gigs. I mean, you uh, recently played for the city of Fullerton in front of 15,000 people. And we're honored to have you play for our little, uh, our humble group. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, you. Uh, you, you've done some some big stuff. You've got some good stuff on your resume. And uh, I've watched your videos and, and they're great. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the gigs you've done. Yes. Well, we did uh, New Year's. Uh, we did a great New, New Year's festival for the city of Fullerton. There was about fourteen to 15,000 or so people. It was a great event, very, very festive, and they had fireworks. And, you know, but, you know, again, a lot of Journey fans. And uh, we got a really great review from, from the city. And uh, they actually are we're in the process of scheduling a, another event. So that's always good when you're called back. That's awesome. And and also you opened for Eddie Money, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. We opened for Eddie Money in Two Palm tickets to uh, paradise. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> he's the funniest guy ever. Uh-huh. I mean, he came, it was kind of an interesting story. He came into our dressing room after we finished soundcheck, and we talked for probably two and a half hours, and he mm-hmm. kind of talked about these great stories, you know, experiences in his life and how he got discovered. And, you know, he was like really just kind of like hanging with a musician, so to speak. He was a very awesome. humble guy, hilarious, really insanely funny guy. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a great show. And so that was an outdoor event, a huge festival during the summer. And uh, I loved it. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And you also got to hang out with Journey last year, uh, didn't you? You went backstage and hung yes, out with him for we a while. Were, right? We were actually invited to the Irvine Meadows, which was, it was the second to the last show or last concert of the great Before they Irvine Meadows it, yeah, uh, yeah. Con- uh, concert venue. And so we actually got invited backstage. And the drummer, my drummer from Journey Captured, Scott Brooks, and I spent the entire show two and a half hour show we were literally about six feet away from them mm-hmm. in this special area like vip area and we saw the whole show and then after the show we hung out with uh, journey in the green room and talked about equipment and history and experiences and we met the new lead singer arnell uh, who, they, they discovered him on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Doing karaoke. Yeah, I know right. the story. Yeah. Yeah. The lead singer that superseded uh, Steve Perry when yeah. Steve Perry left. Right. He had a voice. He had something what happened to his voice, and they had to replace him quickly. And they and Neil Sean, the lead sing, a lead guitarist, was looking on YouTube videos, and he saw Arnel Pineda in the Philippines. He was in a band, a Journey tribute band. And they called him up, and he thought it was a joke. <laughs> but eventually, they flew him first class to, I think, San Francisco in some sound studio. And he was he was in San Francisco for about a week, and he auditioned. Mm-hmm. And ironically, he didn't do a really good job the first time out, but they, mm-hmm. they kept on working with him. And then I think after the second day or third day, he nailed it. And it was, he's unbelievable. Such great, great energy. He's a very humble guy, too. Yeah. 
So he's really been an asset. I can't believe he's already been with the band 10 years. Yeah, good stuff. Wow, that's amazing. Time does fly, doesn't it? I want to make sure, and and we got to wrap it up because we've got an interview to do uh, for the rest of the show here. But I wanted to introduce Mm -hmm. you before everybody comes to see you on Saturday, and I can't wait to see you guys there. I want to put in a couple requests, okay? Now, now listeners, if you have any requests for any, any Journey songs, and they do a few other things too, so you might go off and do something besides Journey as well uh, a little bit. I sure. want to request Stone in Love and Don't Stone Stop Believing. You got to do Stone po- Don't Stop Believing, of course, right? And, uh, you Absolutely. know, we'll, we'll see if all of our investors in the audience can sing Don't Stop Believing, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, we will we will accommodate those requests. Absolutely. And we, we could do every decade of the hits from the, from the literally from the 70s to the 80s to awesome. the 90s until Steve Perry left and we even do some Steve Perry tunes just for fun and then uh, even some of the new stuff with Arnel Pineda so we're here for you guys. We're going to do an amazing show. It's going to be a memorable night. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. So everybody uh, come in to meet the masters, reach out to your investment counselor and tell them your journey request. And, and we'll, uh, we'll submit them to Giorgio and his group and, and uh, <laughs> see if they can uh, line those up for you. And uh, we're looking forward to a real good night too. It's uh, the first time again, we've, we've done a musical performance, but we really want to make this a part of our events. Uh, I'm super excited to have you guys, Giorgio. Thank you so much. And you know, any uh, anything you. else you want to say before we jump to our uh, interview for the rest of the show today? Just a pleasure uh, speaking with you tonight, Jason. And thank you so much. And we are going to rock this Saturday. Awesome. Any of you who don't have tickets and want to grab a last minute ticket, hey, go to jasonhartman.com/masters. Jasonhartman.com/masters and grab your last minute tickets. We've got a few left. Elite is sold out. And you know, I probably have to say VIP is sold out, although I have to check with uh, Carrie on our team on that. But but we definitely have general admission tickets left. We're just going to have a great time uh, for three days. It's going to be awesome. And for those of you who already have tickets, make sure you download the conference app. So you have the schedule, the speaker bios, their resumes, a whole bunch of resources, documents that we've loaded into that. And we're going to continue to load more documents in the power PowerPoint presentations, all kinds of good stuff for you. So be sure to download the app. We have sent you an email with a link to download the app. So be sure to get that. Hey, everybody, we got to jump to the second half of Sue and Gary and their and their client case study and get to the good part of their real estate investing journey. And I just want to say before we do that to everybody, don't stop believing. We'll see you on, on uh, well, on Friday morning. But uh, Giorgio, we'll see you and your band on Saturday night. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Truly enjoyed it. So now that you've had some time with these properties and with your portfolio, share some uh, best practices, tips, if you will, for dealing with property managers. I don't think you self-manage anything, but certainly self-management is probably something you've considered. I think the two of you, Sue and Gary, have maybe listened to every single podcast episode I've done. And and by the way, we're almost at a thousand at the time of this recording. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, have you deal. listened to all of them? Oh, I've listened to all of them numerous times. Wow. Because I'm, you know, with helping you with uh, kind of some of the Flashback Friday stuff. So lots of stuff there. My first comment on... Uh, Do the self-management, well, uh, Gary. 
I actually do self-manage that fourplex, that original property. We self-managed that entire building for a while, and I found it to be amazingly easy. And I won't go too much into mine because Jason and I covered that on a previous episode, my thoughts. I would love to hear yours. One of the things I was going to mention at the end of the journey, Jason, is that Susan, as you said, had had finished up her full-time job and is now becoming the real estate professional to run our properties. And it's pretty amazing, but she knows more and has probably more lessons now at this point about managing the managers than I do. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Sue, share some of those with us, if you would. So we self-managed the single-family residence in Oklahoma City because that was a newer construction. And then we still self-manage, I believe, two of the units in the fourplex. Kind of just got to where it was time for a tenant turnover. And, you know, we weren't really clued in on the background checks and you know, all of that kind of stuff for new tenants. So we handed over two units to um, property management down there. But otherwise, you know, kind of, I just find sometimes you do have to, you know, I'm still spending some time managing the managers because I find that things will slip through the cracks, you know, and I'll use our Memphis as an example. One of the houses is a Section 8 property and we weren't getting paid the Section 8 portion. One month it was less than the normal, then the next month it was nothing. And it took me to say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Why is this going on? And to get on the property manager and to look into it. And then, you know, that ended up being a four to five month ordeal. And, you know, we got Sarah involved in all that. It came out okay, but, you know, we were good for a couple months. And then, you know, now we just had another issue for a month. And so I do find that I can't just take their numbers and put them in my spreadsheet. Oh, I, I have to I really agree. look yeah. at no, you gotta what, pay it, you know, you gotta pay what they're doing. Yeah, you yes. got to pay attention. But you know, I, I'm curious, both of you have talked, and this is one of the things I really value is transparency. And I try to share on my show, and I, I think everybody that's listened for a while will completely agree with this, hopefully, that, you know, I'm just really transparent, the good, the bad and the ugly. Because, you know, when you are just upfront about it, people's expectations are set correctly, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. and I find that makes my life a lot easier, frankly, I'll, I'll say it's even for a selfish reason. But to an outsider who's maybe happened to catch this as the first episode that they listen to, right? And they're thinking, well, why would I want to deal with this with all this problem? You know, I'll just put my money in the stock market or keep it in the bank or something. You know, it sounds like a lot of headaches. Can you guys address that? Is it why why would you be excited about it after all this, right? We're trying to drive because... away the competition. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. Got it. You don't want no, other no, investors no, buying properties, right? You're trying to turn them off. No. Yeah. Go ahead, Sue. Oh, I was going to say, it's because when, when you have that month where everything goes great and you're just like, that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. you know, had minimal maintenance calls, everyone paid their rent on time. And then I fully realized like all my cash flow that month. And I'm just like, there you go. Now it's like um, a game, like how many months in a row can I, can I make this happen? Right. Yeah. And, and for me, it's about one of the things that's important is that, that the investor learns how to keep score correctly. And I'm kind of repeating, you know, something that you've talked about a lot. But when you correctly keep score, it's not just about the cash flow. And in fact, you know, the being able to offset the depreciation of the dollar to offset inflation, it's huge, especially when you do it leveraged. Right. So. I talked when we were at that Oklahoma City, Jason Hartman University, that, you know, the numbers that are on all of these properties that we were looking at are in the 30s and 40 percent total return on investment. And that's actually what we're still seeing with our properties 
because of the multi dimensions of it, right? And and so, yeah, you know, your comment about you feel every bump in the road, it's a fractionalized industry. It's going to keep a lot of people from joining it. But one a, a fragmented industry is what you meant to say. Yeah, fragmented. yeah, yeah. One of the things, let me just comment yeah. on that, Gary, for a moment. One of the things I say is that, you know, this is a common frustration with investors. Hey, it frustrates me every day, too, is that it's a very fragmented industry. You know, everybody's doing stuff a different way. Your property manager in in one city will do it differently than in another city. One of my sayings is embrace the fragmentation because that fragmentation is what makes it very difficult for the institutional investors to get into the game. Now, granted, we all know they're here to some extent, but in comparison to the overall marketplace, the institutional investor component in the business of buying and holding and renting single family homes is like nothing. Okay. You know, you can say, okay, Invitation Homes has, you know, 50,000 homes or whatever they have now, right? And that sounds like a lot. But in comparison to the overall marketplace of 15 million or so single family uh, property, residential properties owned by small investors, they're nothing. Okay, they're nothing. And, And if this was not fragmented like that, Goldman Sachs and Warren Buffett and every and you know Berkshire Hathaway, I should say, you know, or and every other institutional investor would be in this market eating our lunch. Okay, so it's good that it's fragmented. That's what keeps them right. out. They, it's hard for them. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Go ahead. What I was going to say is that some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about at that incredible opportunity to to talk and tell our story at Meet the Masters is that you know this opportunity for i mean we are both extremely bullish that we're on the right path and that a lot of americans need to take this path because it until you develop part of your personal finances that enables you to have consistent passive income and offset any concerns of inflation you're never really going to have the ability to go off and do what you want you know i mean there's no bank account big enough in my opinion that will do that for you. But if you have something that keeps up with the changing economy, keeps up with inflation, it gives you the freedom to go off and you know step off the treadmill of life and do stuff you want to do. I mean, the reason we're bullish on it, I mean, I think Sue would agree, is because of the freedom that it creates for our family. Yeah. And pardon my crass language here, but it just sounds better to say it this way. It doesn't keep up with inflation. This kicks inflation's ass. I mean, it it does it in two ways, of course, inflation induced debt destruction, which, you know, regular listeners all understand very well by now, but also just leverage, basic leverage, because, you know, you outpace inflation on a five to one ratio. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, uh, and then you have other dimensions where you earn return on investment as well. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. You know, Gary, you just can't do it. And, but see the thing I would argue, and I'm sure, you know, I don't know, we've never talked about this before, uh, over the years as you've been clients, but the, you know, I'm sure you guys have invested in stocks and bonds and done all the sort of wall street pooled asset stuff. And you know, with that stuff, it's like, you have to totally pay attention to that. I mean, Anybody listening who thinks they can give their money to some financial planner or even put it in an index fund, they are crazy. You've got to pay attention to that. You've got to read. You've got to learn. You've got to watch CNBC all day. Even then, it's so out of your control. You really have no idea how you'll do. But, you know, I always say there's no such thing as a passive investment. And let me share a small example. This is not a major example, but it's worth talking about. Even the bank is not a passive investment. 
Because, of course, your money is getting destroyed by taxes and inflation. We all know that. But, you know, I have some bank accounts that, you know, I just spread money around in different banks. And, you know, I don't want to go over the FDIC $250,000 limit. And so, you know, I just never do anything with them. They just sit there, right? I, you know, I have a little bit. I admit I have some money in the bank because I honestly don't have enough time to deploy it, okay, sometimes. And I do my real estate investing. I do hard money lending. And so I get this, you know, notice like, you know, the we think your account has been abandoned. You've got to sign this letter and fill out this paperwork. Otherwise, we're going to let it as cheat to the state. And I'm like, are you kidding? There is nothing passive here. <laughs> there is nothing passive. <laughs> you know, like even a bank account, there is an example, right? So, yeah. 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 Oh, You're right. It's a, it's a hassle. So, any thoughts, Sue? Um, not really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're off on a tangent here, aren't we? But, I know. But, but you like, know, so like be, before, before real estate investing, you know, before Gary got on this kick and then he got you enrolled in it, what did you do? Were you were you not the money person? Was Gary the money person or, or were you both? Or, you know, were you looking at your 401k and the stock market and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we would both do it, keep an eye on it. And we were just, you know, kind of mutual funds because you know, we thought we could just invest in it and not really have to pay attention to it. Right. Cause you're investing for the long haul and we're not buying and selling. And, um, those phrases you know, hurt so, me now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was where we were, you know, put as much money into your 401k as you could, or Gary had the thrift savings plan. And so that was what we did. And then, you know, and, and I know Gary has told the story before, you know, my parents are retired now. But yet my dad is constantly like, am I going to have enough money to make it through? You know, he's only in his 70s. How much longer, you know, am I going to need this money for? And, you know, so it just kind of all circles back to not wanting to have to worry mm -hmm. as I get older that right. I'm going to outlive the money. Yep. So, yep. Sue, as a as a healthcare person uh, that you are, you gotta, I'm sure, agree with this that the biggest problem a lot of people are going to face, and it's a good one, is too much life left at the end of the money, <laughs> because yes. people are sadly because of obesity and diabetes and all of this stuff. You know, life expectancy actually has gone down slightly in America for like the first time ever. I believe I just read that, but overall. I am, I think it's an amazing time to be alive. And uh, as you've heard me say, and I think that that is going to take a real turn with some of the longevity technologies, longevity sciences that are just, uh, it feels like they're on the verge of making some rather Huge major strides. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yep. better prepare and, for it. You know, hopefully uh, age expectancy will go back up and then, you know, what are you going to do? Work into your seventies or work into your eighties? Or 90s yeah. or 100s, you know, I mean, it, you know, like uh, if you listen to Ray Kurzweil, he says we're going to have things that, you know, clean out our veins and arteries. And, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, all this yep. stuff that's right around the corner is pretty incredible. Good stuff. Want to share any other like another best practice before you go and let's kind of wrap it up or any, anything I didn't ask you about that you want to share? Well, Jason, most importantly, I just wanted to say thanks for having us on. Thanks for helping lead us through this journey of five to six years. I mean, it's been just incredible for us. Like we pointed out earlier, we shared some complaints, but I think that's because we're type A people. And, uh, you know, your mom has commented once and you've laughed about uh, we've laughed about numerous times. Your mom's comment that she complains all the way to the bank about her Section 8 tenants. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, in the end, when you look at those B class or even, you know, C class or and the A class, when you at the end of the year, if you spend time to actually keep score correctly, you'll be amazed at the impact. And then everything got so much better with the new tax changes. So I'm very, very bullish on this. I can't wait to, you know, kind of share our experience and talk about what I do, you know, at Meet the Master. So this next com- couple of weeks coming is going to be amazing. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Sue, Gary. We really appreciate it. It's always great to have case studies. Our listeners love it. And they love to hear from real people that are doing real stuff, that have real challenges, real highs, real lows. You know, you know, it it all kind of works out in the wash. So, you know, I think the key, the key thing is just understand, go in with realistic expectations. There will be problems. It's just part of life. It's, uh, you know, we're all adults. We know it's not all a bed of roses. <laughs> Hopefully we've learned that by now. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, you just got to be persistent and work your way through it. That's what you do with anything that you want to see come to fruition. So so thank you to both uh, so much for sharing with us today. Uh, we appreciate it, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon at Meet the Masters. Thank Sounds you. Good. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, HartmanMedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Welcome to Meet the Masters of Income Property Investing. I'm your host, Jason Hartman. Join us in beautiful La Jolla, California on January 12th through 15th. This is your chance to meet the masters of income property investing. Learn from an amazing collection of experts all in one room. You'll meet a ton of local market specialists, mortgage lenders, tax professionals, and investment specialists such as Jeff Myers of Myers Research and John Burns, real estate consultant. Learn from Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors, Ken McElroy, his real estate investment expert, and Garrett Sutton, his attorney who specializes in asset protection. Find out what leading economists are predicting for 2018, including Danielle DiMartino Booth, founder of Money Strong LLC, and Andrew Zatman from Moneyball Economics. Hear from leading entrepreneurs how to maximize your income streams. You'll learn unique financial strategies from Patrick Donahoe of Paradigm Life and how to give birth to a brand from Brian Smith, founder of UGG Australia Brand. This year also features a very special guest, Dr. Ron Paul, former congressman, presidential candidate, and staunch advocate of liberty. Right now, you can upgrade your ticket to include VIP access and a dinner with Dr. Paul. Enjoy a fine dining experience and fascinating conversation. Seats are limited, so upgrade your ticket today. Ask questions and learn why real estate is the most historically proven asset class. Armed with new information, you'll have the confidence to take massive action. As the saying goes, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. 
Surround yourself with like-minded people and build friendships that will last a lifetime. Share strategies and tips with other investors and hear about their successes and struggles. Make 2018 the year you decide to achieve your dreams. Real estate is a proven way to create true wealth within your lifetime and achieve long-term financial independence. Don't wait. Join us in La Jolla. Reserve your seat today.